Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Innovation Crush. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hola, hola. hola. Um, explain why that just happened. Your, your Puerto Rican I'm highness. Your, I'm your co-host. Um, hey, guys. <laughs> I'm Fili Montilla. And um, yeah, I'm Puerto Rican, so my first language is Spanish. So I get to say hola. Where where were you? And this is probably a racist born question. Where were you born? Rico. Oh, okay. So the, it's not racist if you actually were not born in America. Well, I well, mean, Puerto Rico is still part of true. America, Chris. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, but yeah, my family's again. still there and everything. So. That's cool. Yeah. Um, how often do you get back? Um, not enough. At least once a year, because Christmas in Puerto Rico is the best time. It's so much fun. So I always go there for Christmas. And then I was just there with, um, with H&M. Because um, I'm an influencer for age. Ooh. Yeah. So it's your, it's your that, amazing yeah. style, by the way. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you. What are those boots? Like, they're like red snakeskin. Yeah, yeah, these are from Modern Vice. Um, they're a really cool brand from uh, New York, actually. Ah. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, for those that don't know me, I'm a TV host, a producer, and a social media influencer. And I'm huge on music. So it's perfect for, for our guest today. By the name of? Jack. Last night, <laughs> I just go by Jack. I just go by Jack. That's it. Uh, Jack Shannon. Hey, Jack Shannon. How hey, are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, um, for, thanks for coming by. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are you an H and M influencer? Do you? Do you <laughs> I wish. Are you a stylish as I, I, I'm. I, I would love to sign up for that somewhere because it's fun. Uh, it's, it's yeah. fun. Where are you born in America? Uh, Downers Grove, Illinois. Okay, that, yeah. I think that's in America, right? It is. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, uh, give us a little bit of the 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 one hundred and one on who Jack Shannon is, what Recess is, yeah. which is ironic because it's Recess dot is. It is. Huh? It, so, it is yeah. dot is. It is. Um, no, explain that a little bit, and then we'll get into some uh, some other questionings for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our company Recess, we've been working in the college space for the last six years. So we work with. Brands that want to reach the 18 to 24 demographic. So we, we uh, myself and my co-founder got our start throwing music festivals uh, on college campuses all across the country when we were in school. Um, kept doing that as, as a side business for a couple of years and then made it the main business. Uh, and we've been doing that for the last four or five years. But we started throwing large scale music festivals in and around college campuses with some of the biggest DJs um, kind of got in early on in the whole dance music EDM wave that, sure. that kind of came up during that time and, you know, learned a lot and uh, had the vision of building the Vans Warp Tour for college campuses um, and thought that that would be, you know, saw Coachella and saw Lollapalooza and saw all these branded festivals that that had built such a track record and, and, and you know, seeing so many students and myself interested in going to those events, we thought, you know, it'd be cool to create something like that in the college market specifically. And so... Uh, yeah, over the last five years, we've we've uh, you know made some interesting shifts and changes, and kind of evolved um, into what we currently are today, which is um, you know we have an owned and operated tour that we do called the Recess Music and Ideas Festival, which is kind of a South by Southwest on a college campus. So we have sure. speakers, we have a pitch competition, we have big concerts with with major artists at the end of the night, um, and now you know we work with universities themselves as well to help them bring in brand experiences, cool programs stuff that's going to add value to that school and, and help kind of make that connection and facilitate those those partnerships. So obviously you're a big EDM fan? Uh, I, I wasn't initially and and and, uh, and obviously... Were you an EDM hater? No, no, I was, ne- no, I was, never, I was never a hater. Um, like, I'm going to make some money off this garbage. Right. I'm just not somebody who's like, yeah, you know, going back to Chicago back in the... Like, I, I, you know, I admittedly, you know, uh, you know, discovered it around 2010, 2011 and... Um, some of the earliest stuff that we were booking was 
you know, Avicii and Dead Mouse and Calvin Harris and all these guys before they were super expensive. But it cost too, you millions of dollars. And, and too, too overpriced <laughs> for uh, for any kind of uh, uh, you know college event at that point. But um, no, it was fun. It you know we we kind of taught ourselves along the way and and you know had had some successful shows that were you know we learned a bunch about the music business and. Learned a lot about the insurance business in some instances. <laughs> uh, so learned learned the right and the wrong things to do there. But uh, but yeah, you know, we, we we had a great time, and and you know, we it's been exciting to kind of see the business evolve from which was very much a promoter based business. Which anybody that's that's was ever it? done that is is uh, you know, living and dying on ticket sales and yes. trying to pick the right artist at the right time and get the right marketing. Right. It's it's uh, and it's super competitive. Yeah, it's it's risky too. So. Well, it's also one of those things like you. You do for a period of time, yeah, and then you exactly. go on and do something else. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I, like that was one of my th- early things when I when I and I definitely didn't do it on the level that you did it. Yeah. But when I first moved to LA, like I was throwing parties yeah. and you know like split up our our money at the at the end of the night. And you're like, okay, I made a little bit of money. And you're yeah. Like, right. I'm kind of done. Um, but you kept you kept at it, and obviously you found like a, a bit of a secret formula. What was it? You know, kind of that you found as the point of success. Yeah. That made it work and made you stick with it. Hey, we have the same. Oh, nice. Like nice. Yeah, we're, wearable. We we're, we're wearable Eskimo brothers. Absolutely. I like that. Um, <laughs> no, but, but yeah, what was it that, what was that thing that, that made it, you know, made you recognize the success and then keep capitalizing on it? Uh, yeah, I think for us, you know, spending so much time in the college space and, and we were working really closely with universities, but we hadn't really started to form those partnerships where we were working directly with them. We were kind of working, you know, in and around or we'd partner with a certain group. Um, but we recognized that you know, really around like 2013, what we saw with dance music and and kind of the interest of students, everybody wanted to be a DJ in 2011. Like well, that, that was still wants to be a DJ. Everyone still That's wants still to be happening. a DJ, but 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 you know, a couple of years progressed, and and I think because of the social network and Shark Tank and a lot of these other things, you know, the students that we were working with to organize these events were becoming more and more interested in in entrepreneurship and startups and you know innovation and what opportunities had there kind of outside of what the traditional college career center has to offer. And so, you know, we saw that firsthand and thought, well, you know, we'd been to Summit Series and South by Southwest and some of these programs that combined, you know, innovation and music and startups and community and, you know, all that stuff and thought that's that's a really cool program and, and we loved attending those events. But what if we could bring that mentality to 20 million college students, right. you yeah. know, all across the country and what kind of, you know, that what, what impact could that have to potentially have a larger impact and and to be totally honest i didn't want to be throwing like ten thousand person concerts for the rest of my life so we <laughs> right. thought you know this was this was a cool opportunity where um combining music and technology together in that way uh it presented something different and unique for the schools where they said wow that's awesome like it went from you know hey we have a vici and they look at a vici and they go that, that looks super risky and dangerous like no, I thank was, you. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, obviously, there's a cer- certain stereotype around EDM yeah. and those type of parties Absolutely. and events. How did you overcome those when you presented this to colleges? Because I'm sure they were like, eh, drug zone, you know? Yeah, I think, I think you know, the, the first recess show we ever did, we had, uh, you know, Diplo was headlining. And, mm-hmm. and earlier that day, we had him talk with the head of music from Twitter at the school. And so it positioned Diplo in a different light. It, you know, he you know, to his credit, really put his guard down and talked to those students as right. Wes, not as Diplo. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, was answering all kinds of questions about everything. Um, and so that was that was a really cool thing. And the school recognized, wow, we would have never had like an opportunity like that before with, with anything else. And so 
you know, with anything, we just kind of built off of that and said, hey, look what we did here. You know, we can do, you know, some other cool things. And, and along the way, you know, have been able to, to you know, bring so many cool, yeah. interesting people to campus to connect with students um, you know, give, give us a few few more names because I know yeah. like there's uh, 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 what's the why am I drawing a blank on the guy's name Mavericks? Um, come on, help me. Oh, out. Mark Cuban. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah. So I mean, those types of individuals, but like, give us a little bit of a, the recess roster Ye- of you know non entertainment talent. Yeah, man, uh, it's always hard to remember off the top of my head. But um, <laughs> you know, we've we've had a tons of great people like Chip Connolly. Um, you know, for, from from Airbnb. Um. You know, now you're putting me on the spot. No, no, I meant now. No, no you you caught it for me. Uh, <laughs> you know, ju- you know, one 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 uh, one person I still go back and watch watch the videos from his talk is is Justin Khan. Um, you know, from Twitch and yeah. and, and 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 you know, Y Combinator now. So it's interesting to you know a lot of the people we've had they'll speak at other conferences and go to different events and and things like that. But I do think that putting them in a room full of students is a totally different experience a lot of times. And and the questions are so genuine and and probably not the typical stuff that they would get or they would typically hear so you know i i do think it's it was cool to to kind of experience that firsthand along the way and hear what you know a lot of people had to say to a group of you know 18 to 24 year olds well, 22 year olds and, and, and that i mean were not only off. that like i look back i graduated a while ago um but I wish when I was a student I had an opportunity like this, you know, and I, I'm glad that you're tapping into this whole um, like new movement of being an entrepreneur, you know, of, of like really thinking outside the box of your regular nine to five job. And mm-hmm. you guys are really tapping into that curiosity that students have nowadays. So I congratulate you on that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I think we saw, you know, and you see universities obviously recognizing that as well. And they've got, you know, accelerator programs and funds and sure. incubators and you know, it's it's much different from what it was, you know, in 2011. Um, so it's it, and we've seen that progression come. But yeah, you know, our goal is to hopefully provide a platform for students like myself and my co-founder. You know, mm-hmm. we, we both went to Indiana, um, so not probably the hotbed of of innovation you would think. Although they're now like championing that flag pretty hard in in, in Indiana. But uh, but you know, we we were fortunate enough to you know in our company in our startup find people that gave us the opportunities and the resources to turn, you know, an idea into a real business and kind of take that to the next level. And so this was our way of, of really just combining all the stuff we were into startups, entrepreneurship, technology, <laughs> yeah. and music in a way where, um, you know, we thought it could hopefully provide some value to, to some other students that, you know, were similar like us in our, in our position. Well, Pili well. and I were talking about that earlier, just this idea of, you know, not just doing something because, oh, there's a market here and like, we're going to, you know, I want to make money out the garbage, right? Yeah. It becomes something that you're actually passionate about and you were in the midst of it. You were the demo, you yeah. know, for, for quite some time. Yep. Um, what, and I, I love this, this idea of like, oh, Indiana is not necessarily hotbed. And I think more and more around the country and around the world, you're yeah. finding like these innovation centers that like Chattanooga, Tennessee has, you know, the fastest internet in the world, right? Like, you know, those kinds of things. Um, What other surprises have you seen on the road? And like, how do people respond to having this opportunity, having access and and being able to have fun and be educated? Yeah, totally. I think it is, at the end of the day, it's just one more opportunity. So, you know, the interesting thing is, I think when you go to a lot of these different places, there's obviously, you know, there are people in Chattanooga that are like, we run Chattanooga. Like we've, you know, we're the guys in the space that are, that are doing this. And, and, um, and so going out and meeting all those different groups all across the country, it's been cool to see that people are, there is that community in so many different places. And for us, you know, our goal is to kind of come in and 
you know, provide, you know, an opportunity for students that's, that's additive to everything else that's already in that community? And how do we, you know, how do, can we pull in local stakeholders that are already doing work there and helping students and, right. you know, working with those groups? This is just one more opportunity where, you know, a student from that school gets a chance to come to LA and meet a ton of interesting people. And, you know, maybe they meet a mentor, maybe they meet, you know, an investor. But, um, you know, from our, what we found more often than not, at least in the, at the college level, it's often that they're not searching for, you know, a million dollars in funding or, you know, some people, if they have a, a hardware startup or something they have to physically build or make, you right. know, there are hard costs against that. But more often than not, these students are looking for mentorship guidance. Like, you know, they've gotten it to a certain stage, but maybe they need, you know, help getting something done to that next level. Um, so, so more often than not, it's, it's about helping them make connections and introductions and people that, whatever the thing is that they're missing from being able to go to that next level, you know, maybe we can help facilitate that in some way. And what I find also, you know, along those lines of resources and mentorship is that you guys kind of don't discriminate, uh, 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 kind of the best idea wins, right? Yeah. And, and I know I went to, I went to one of your events here in LA mm -hmm. and my alma mater was represented, which was uh, Michigan state. And they had something that they were doing that I just did not understand. It yeah. was very like industry energy driven. And then on the other side of the thing, you had like a, you know, a, a robot vacuum. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, it was just, it was just this really good. And, and for me as an attendee, it was inspiring to see the, you know, the breadth of ideas that were coming from, you know, these, these organizations. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure these are like just the ones that were selected and able to make it, let alone the ones that you've seen along yeah. the way. Um, I don't know if I had a question there, but it was just, it was kind of a wow moment for yeah. me. To, 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 yeah, to it's see fun. That. I mean, we, we certainly have taken inspiration from March Madness, you know, and, and I think everybody identifies with, with their alma mater and, and whether it's, you know, football, basketball, or chess, you know, or startups, like people are competitive in that, in that space. So like at Indiana, we had, we had a blood drive and, and there was a blood drive against Purdue every year. And people would like get so fired up about this mm -hmm. blood drive. They'd be like, dude, did you, did you, did you go get blood yet? Like, you know, we're, we're neck and neck with them. And people took it so seriously that, you know, we, we recognize that competition is a huge motivating factor, not only for students that want to win and want to, you know, compete against their school, but um, you know, alumni and mentors and people that might want to come and get involved. It's fun to play up those those rivalries and that tie to the campus element because you have a shared connection. You had a shared connection with that group and yep. could talk about what dorm you lived in or where the local pizza joint is still there or not. And and, and, and more competitive, like for sure, yeah. yeah. And and you're and 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 you want to see it win. But yeah, to your question, it's you know there is no there's you know very little restriction in terms of the idea and the concept and 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 what it is. And we've you know, purposely set up the, you know, we have a, a kind of a regional qualifying round that happens at the campus level. So sure. we'll get a bunch of submissions there that get vetted down. And then, you know, there's, there's certain steps that they have to progress through the way, but it's all done through, you know, we rely on that local community as judges and mentors and people that can kind of help self vet, you know, their community and find whatever that, that, that top student team is that they want to send forth, you know, to, to the final. So um, awesome. we like to build that, that kind of fun, and yeah. if it's not a specific thing, because, you know, like a lot of incubators or accelerator programs that are similar in terms of their output, mm -hmm. usually focus on a specific area. So what is the criteria that you're looking for in terms of the people who make it through the ranks? Because like, yeah. if it's not, if you're not focused on a specific industry, yeah. right, then what is, what's the winning criteria? Yeah, I think we, I think we, we look at, you know, the strength of the, you know, I think it's a lot of what any incubator and accelerator would look for in, in somebody strength of team 
you know, what is the idea traction? How far along are they? You know, is there a clear roadmap to a successful business? Um, and, but it is tough because you do have space research company, you know, that's going to make space. I can't even explain it. It's, it's like, so, con- you know, crazy There's stuff. There's a guy here who could probably explain it. it. There, there was, yeah, yeah you, you probably know all about it actually. Um, but you know, th- there's, you know, a student this year that the space company I was talking about, it's, it, you know, it's a, a young student who's the youngest MIT, you know, M- lar- sorry, youngest PhD candidate ever at MIT. Wow. Um, that was building this technology where you could basically send, um, clinical trials up to space to accelerate the response rate of the, of those clinical trials and get stuff back sooner. Um, and the next company, built the Casper of couches, you know, the, the, this company Burrow that, that, you know, is, 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 in, I think is in Y Combinator right now. And the other company was, a was, um, you know, actually a marketplace for, for clinical trials as well. So it's, it's totally across the board. And, and that's, I think part of what we like about it is yeah. that there is so like constantly blown away yeah. by these ideas. Oh, totally. I'm like, oh, man, I was not doing this in college. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Um, and, and, but that's, what's so fun is seeing, you know, these students who are so young, but they feel so strongly about the, you know, to your point earlier about they've, they've actually identified like a problem that they've seen that they think they are uniquely qualified to solve. Um, yeah. And they're excited about attacking that. And, you know, and sometimes they're equally as excited about school and sometimes they're more excited about their business. And, and you know, that's always an interesting an interesting uh, conundrum as well. It's kind of it's kind of meta that you're a startup supporting startups. <laughs> um, and I would say some of that, and I know for me, even doing this show, becomes a little bit of a cheat code for me. Like everybody I talk to, I get to steal a little bit of their superpower. I always feel like, I always joke that I'm Siler from Heroes. Like I'm going to steal nice. a little bit of your superpower. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the same time, you're building your own business. So you're looking at these ideas, how yeah. they're thinking about things. You're bringing in mentors. Like how has this benefited you as an entrepreneur? Sure. And, you know, just from a skill set. Yeah, well, there, there are often times when I'm like, man, we should just like stop doing what we're doing and like just join those dudes. Like that, 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 that's like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jokingly, but like kind of no, serious. I, 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 <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's awesome to have, you know, a platform like this to be able to, to, you know, bring in people that probably would have no business talking to normally, like reaching out cold to Justin Kahn and saying, Hey, do you want to come talk to a bunch of students at Maryland, you know, and hang out and, and, you know, and, and kick it. And so, um, it's been great to be able to meet, you know, interesting folks through that and, and help bridge the gap between the, the, the universities, the students and, and, you know, those people that have really interesting stories to tell and advice and feedback to, to share with the, you know, the next generation that's coming up. You know, nobody had done this before and you're bringing in a lot of big names, mm-hmm. not only in the music, but also as mentors. What has been your biggest challenge so far and how have you over- overcome them? Um, that's a really good question. I think, uh, you know, in our business, I think, uh, working with brands and, and, and doing the types of programs that we build, you know, scale is always like the biggest, the biggest thing I think for a lot of startups initially is, oh, you know, scale is so important and, and the, the biggest brands in the world want to work with groups that, that have scale, you know, they want to work with live nation or they want to work with iHeartMedia or they want to work with bigger groups. So, um, we've kind of learned that along the way through various iterations of our model from when we were promoters and, you know, it was so capital intensive to put on a show that we could never do more than six of them in, in a semester because we couldn't raise enough money to do right. enough to hire the people to be able to do that and could never kind of get over that, that, that hurdle. So, you know, when we, you know, switched the model up and started working with directly with universities, you know, it helped us lower that risk and allowed us to, 
to grow and scale and expand. But I think I think that is that is a huge you know that's a huge issue a lot for a lot of startups is is um, that point where it makes sense for you know our model, which is supported by you know brand partners that want to connect with this audience authentically. At what point does it make sense for them to you know work with a new company, relatively new company like sure. ours? Um, and so yeah, I'd say that was you know probably one of the challenges. But you know it's it's something that we get excited to wake up every day and 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 come in and and you know build programs and and put things together that we think will will resonate you know for those partners. There's also the the art of the pitch and the and a from the the students and companies that are pitching you from you pitching your services to universities yeah. and to participate you know yeah. mentor level participants mm-hmm. and then pitching to brands you know what is sort of this I don't know what's the enticing story especially when you talk to a brand yeah. um, who does want to go to a live nation and yeah. like oh that sounds cool yeah, yeah. Beachy, great yeah, but yeah. Um, so how do you how do you tackle that part of it and communicating yeah I think I think the strength of the the audience that we're working with is is a lot of the times the interest and and it is the the focus that we put you know we're not trying to be we don't want to be live nation you know we couldn't right. be live nation so but we've spent six years in our space which is which is college and have you know gone through a bunch of different iterations of it and worked with a ton of different partners in the space and built a I think a large amount of knowledge about how to navigate that space and how to do it efficiently and actually build programs that um, not only have the reach and the scale that, uh, you know, somebody's looking for, but they're authentic. And it's something right. that is actually going to, you know, students these days have the highest meter of like, oh, that's just like spam. Like, I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. And so I think everything that we look at, we look at it first through the lens of the student and say like, is this something that, you know, and we have, you know, when we have teams on the ground at all these schools that we, we talk to sure. and we're like, Hey, is this cool? Like, mm-hmm. would you go to this? Is this something you're interested in or is this not cool? Um, sound like somebody's stepdad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this shirt How's cool? This shirt <laughs> is this okay? Is this hat, is this hat work? Um, but no, I think I, you know, for, at least for us, I think it's, uh, it, it starts with authenticity and making sure that it's something that, is going to work for both parties, you right. know, for, for, for a brand that is going to invest dollars to create some type of experience for these students. You know, we want to make sure that what they're doing is going to be something that's going to resonate and is going to help them achieve whatever they need to get out of it. And on the student side, we want to make sure it's either entertaining them, it's educating them, it's providing them some kind of opportunity right. or some value, you know, at the, at the end of the day. Uh, authenticity is an interesting word. Mm-hmm. It's like an industry buzzword. Yeah. Um, and I think it means different things in different demographic yeah. circles. What in the recess Jack Shannon circle does authenticity mean? I think for us, um, you know, in terms of the, the the programs that we build, it starts with, you know, our, our partners at the university level. And, and you know, if we're saying, hey, uh, you know, we've got these 10 festivals that, that you know, they're going to reach X number of students through it. Um, and, and somebody says, well, what, what can we do that's authentic for that? You know, what, are, what's going to resonate? You know, we look at, well, what is that? What does that school want? You know, do they want a bigger artist? Do they want a, uh, you know, a cool VR activation? Do they want a hydration station so students can, can, you know, get more water at that event? Can, do they want, you know, a live screen printing on site so they can have a t-shirt design competition that, you know, students can then live screen print there. I think we found that, you know, with this demo, and I think there's a, been a lot of stuff in the news that points to experiences being such a big thing now, and that you know that's a, a large way to connect. So, um, authenticity for us is is you know making something that that our audience is 
is going to be really excited to engage with. And after they leave, they're going to go, wow, that was like, I can't believe that brand or person or company like took the time to come to our school because they, because they care, you know, and they, yeah. you know, and if they didn't care, they wouldn't be here. And if they did it in a way or they just slapped a bunch of stuff out there and, you know, put up a bunch of posters and flyers and, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, wished for the best. Um, I think they see through that a lot of times, but if, if it looks like there's been thought and care and, 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 you know, and cater to them too, right? Cause you've been totally. to so many different campuses. I mean, is there a common denominator or do you also see that like all of these campuses are its, its own little world? I mean, they all, they all are unique mm-hmm. in every way. Um, and that's what makes college so awesome. You know, there's, there's tons of different communities and places and things you can find yourself. So, you know, when we're working with our partners on the ground, it's typically, it's, it's, you know, an organization within that community that, that has, you know, some kind of, uh, authority is the wrong word, but the, you know, they're, they're a registered student organization. They're, you know, they're with the university. There's an advisor that's there right. that oversees them. There's structure, there's budgets. I mean, they, you know, some of these groups that we work with, you know, they have between, you know, one to $5 million a year budgets to bring speakers and, you know, music festivals and film festivals and all kinds of different content to campus. So, um, you know, when we work with those groups, that is typically we look to them a lot of times and say, well, what, what, you know, what works on your campus? We want to make sure that if we're building a national program and we're taking it to ASU, that that same program is going to work at Syracuse or Indiana or right. Michigan state or wherever else. And for some reason, if it's a, you know, if it's a, if it's a summer program with a sandals company, you probably shouldn't put it in Syracuse in October, right. you know, cause yeah. it's not going to make sense. <laughs> Oops. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, Something we've learned. So. Household income is a word that comes yeah. up in marketing terms. Yeah. And college students usually, and I could be wrong, but yeah. usually don't have a lot of disposable income. So therefore, a brand wanting to reach an 18 to 24-year-old yeah. student, yep. you know, um, what is their goal usually by aligning with you yeah. to, you know, do the, is it brand affinity? Is it loyal? Is it awareness? Or what are the yeah. metrics that you're kind of held against? Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it varies from client to client. You know, some people are there for recruitment. You know, like I think what what GE is doing right now is is some some awesome you know marketing in terms of I mean they're they're spending a lot of money on television you know dollars which is yeah. under the guise of a recruitment campaign you know I don't think that's the only motivation but but they're doing really cool stuff uh, in the space and so we see you know more and more brands that are saying hey you know that's you know how can we use experiences or how can we not just get the same booth at the career fair that we've done for the last 30 right. years? How do we do something that's going to make us stand out, make us unique and different? Um, and so, you know, somebody like that is, I think is leading the way in the recruitment space. Um, you have other companies, you know, that are, are trying to just sell directly to students. You know, it might be, you know, it could be me undies. It could be, you know, any one of these kind of consumer direct, you know, dollar shape clubs of the world. You know, those companies are just looking for, conversion and they want to drive, you know, users. So that's a, that's a different metric that, and a different strategy that you would pursue sure. as, a, as opposed to the recruitment thing. And then, you know, you have other brands that look at it as, as lifestyle marketing and that, you know, they want to, you know, at an early age, you know, 18 to 24, when you get dropped off at college, you know, for the first time and, and mom probably drives you to Target or Walmart or somewhere to get all your last minute stuff. Yep. But like that first week when you run out of, of uh, deodorant, like you have to buy it yourself. And and that might be the first time you ever bought deodorant by yourself. So if, if you, you know, had a cool experience. I just went without it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I ran out. I'm good. Um, but, you know, I, 
you know, I think that oftentimes the the college students have no money thing is 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 I think it's a bit of a myth, you know, because yeah. not only do they influence parental purchasing decisions. I mean, when I was in college, I was like, I think I told my dad like, this is the TV you should buy next, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 those types of things. So I think I think that goes on a ton, and, and you know, it, it depends on category to category, right. I, I think too. So um, and 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 most of those partners. They kind of understand when those decisions are being made, you know, a lot of the times for, for a first time customer. But we see more and more people that are interested in in investing in just overall brand awareness or or creating like an emotional connection with that person earlier on when those, you know, early decisions are being formulated. So if if that company, you know, gave you a, an awesome LED wristband that was synced to the lighting and the music at this huge concert where you met your college girlfriend for the first time and you took home the sample and you just kept using that one. Like th- those are the kind of nights that, you know, we want partners to be associated yeah. with. Right. You know, and, forever. and that, and you know, and it's something that, you know, I still use, like, I'm like, okay, you know, if you went to this school, we actually work with that school. Like, do you remember who played this event? You're, you know, and they'll be like, oh yeah, you know, Chance the Rapper came like my yep. sophomore year. Like it was awesome. Everybody, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. You kind of just made the case right there. It's like, those are, that's a night you're always going to remember. And, you know, from where we look at it, it's, it's, it's really kind of uh, underserved right now. Cause it, you know, it's been, traditionally it's been difficult to work with a lot of these different groups and really put together a program that could, that could achieve, you know, a, a larger footprint. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's the stuff that, you know, we're, we're excited about moving forward. Let's talk about the music a bit. Cause yeah. I'm a music lover. I'm an avid music festival goer. I have a music show that focuses on Latin alternative music. An um, Emmy award winning, Emmy award winning TV show that focuses on Latin alternative music <laughs> called Te should, If I were you, I would just walk around everywhere with my trophy. I, I should. Yeah. I should. You should just yeah, like keep it in your bag. Glue it to like my shoulder. <laughs> Put on a necklace. Just like walk around like that. <laughs> um, but obviously you go to a, a lot of music festivals maybe, or you listen to a lot of music. Like how, where do you get what's next in music? Like, how do you guys stay yeah. on top of the trends of the music trends? Yeah. So we, we actually, we don't book as much talent as we used to now that we're, we're more in a, a partnership with the universities that are hosting these events and these shows, as opposed to getting into the, the nitty gritty of the booking ourselves. But, um, so are the colleges the ones that are booking then? They are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Traditionally. Um, so I think, you know, four or five years ago, it was, it was a lot of the music blogs that were out there that, you know, covered the space. And I, I think there's a lot of them that still have, uh, a lot of say and a lot of, a lot of prominence, but, um, you know, personally, I, I, I'm a big hype machine fan, so I have the hype machine, hype machine app on my phone yeah. and I basically just spend most of my time on the, on the top, you know, lists that, right. that are on there. And that's, if I want to discover like random, totally unknown music, um, that's one way that I've, I really enjoy and um on Apple Music as well listening to a lot of the radio shows so you know Major Lazer has a radio show Skrillex has a radio show yep. um Anna Luno has a radio show so I've actually that's that's uh the part about Apple Music I I really enjoy is being able to hear from those people in terms of what they're choosing mm-hmm. to listen to and play and the ability to kind of save that and and uh so I guess the some of that answer is, is you know recommendations and you know peers or friends or yeah. artists um because i think that's you know they're not I, i'm i'm can sometimes fall into a trap where like i like like an album or a song and i'll just listen to go it. down a black hole of only listening yeah, oh, to oh my for, gosh i'm the worst spotify for, is the worst for it. And, like, and then i'm like i just buried this thing and now i 
know it and I don't even like listening to it anymore and I have to take a break. So I, you know, that's what I've always kind of found troubling with, with some of the streaming services is having everything there. But I think, you know, the, I think, you know, the discover playlist and stuff that Spotify does too is, is, is helpful. And I know those playlists now are almost kind of replacing what, what the blogs were doing three or four years ago where they were curating sure. you know, music and there you had to go cause you had to download the art, you know, the MP3 and, and add it to iTunes. And then, and then you have that track. And now, you know, it seems to be that the the Spotify playlist curator, the independent Spotify playlist curator that has right. a million followers, is a really powerful person in the music business now, um, which is interesting. Well, although you don't book as much talent as you used to, um, I'm curious as to how you go about not only staying on top, on, like staying on top of the trends, like whatever is hot, yeah. if you if you will, um, but also who's going to make a good guest for the recess experience, <laughs> yeah. right? Like sure. Steve Aoki is like a, a great guy, but yeah. you know somebody else may not be as vocal, uh, may not have the entrepreneurial chops, even though they've done a, some amazing things or whatever. Like, what are some of the things that you look for? And curious as to every, has any of them ever fallen flat. <laughs> hmm. You know, we haven't, uh, it, it, just from a strictly musician standpoint, I mean, we had Diplo, we had the Chainsmokers, we've had um, uh, Paper Diamond. So, honestly, all those guys were great. Um, I can't say we've ever had anybody that, that's fallen flat, but I think, I think you know, you see certain artists that do things that are very entrepreneurial, and they're, they're kind of thinking, I mean... I mean, it's the only way to survive. For sure, yeah. And I, I think, like, you know... Diplo in his camp and Skrillex in his camp yep. and, you yep. know, Gaio Siri. And, and there are just, there are certain groups um, that are really forward thinking in terms of the types of partnerships they're open to and how they do their merch deals and, you know, what they do with their touring. And, and, you know, you see certain groups that just kind of come up with new concepts and new ideas and, you know, like Mad Decent Block Party, you know, they created their own, you know, t- hybrid of a tour and a music festival together and and that thing has grown and, and become you know massive so um you know we look at i think you you know you kind of look around and see wow you know there's certain artists that are doing really interesting things and those are people that you know we want to be surrounding ourselves with and, and aligning ourselves with so um still haven't gotten skrillex uh to, to do anything yet that that's one there's that still we hope. there's still skrillex if you're listening <laughs> open invitation to be part of recess oh he's gonna listen <clears throat> of course he is I just, um, that was kind of a threat wasn't it just <laughs> oh, he's oh, oh he's gonna listen <laughs> um let's talk about the social media factor mm-hmm. too because obviously i mean you're tapping into um college students which mm-hmm. are very active on social media um which curious enough i noticed that you guys are not that active on social media yeah we you know it's interesting we uh we were a very which isn't my question, but I'm just curious to know. Why. No, for sure. We uh, we are. You know, I think our business previously went went in kind of ebbs and flows because we we were very like a touring based business. So um, as we've kind of transitioned into this newer model, you know, where we're working with schools, you know, it is more of a B two B type mm-hmm. you know opportunity. Um, but we are. We're we're retooling. I'll okay. say that. So we're 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 reworking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we, we've gone a bit quiet right now, but but purposely so, and 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 kind of reworking. Okay. Working. So I guess my question is like, how are you maximizing um, your audience when mm-hmm. it comes to social media? Like, do you guys are you guys using hashtags? Or like, what's what's new in the social media world mm-hmm. that you guys are using to to help you? Yeah, I think and- uh, I think you know, obviously on college campuses 
Snapchat is huge. Um, I mean, all all the all the big platforms are huge, but Snapchat in particular, and and Instagram as well. I think you know for us, uh, Snapchat filters have been really interesting for for the you know because it's an event and you can you know specifically target around that area. It's been we've used that really effectively just as a a pre marketing channel. So you know leading up to something we're doing you know, putting that out there on the campus, you know, a number of days before. So when students are swiping through, they're like, oh, what, what's this? Right, right. Um, so, you know, we've seen that, uh, that we've used really effectively. And then in, you know, in the promotions that we're doing, um, you know, incentivizing and giving students a reason to want to share what that experience is. Um, you know, we did something with uh, Universal Pictures uh, this past spring as kind of like a beta test for this new model. And Seth Rogen and and uh, Zach Efron did like a little intro to uh, UC Riverside's like big you know spring splash festival. It's like fifteen thousand cool. students. So the school released like a little teaser of that. You know, I think two days before the show, and it was like, I'm Seth Rogen and I'm Zach Efron, and, and they were like, in you know spring splash, and they mentioned it and they cut it off, and all the comments from the students were like, Oh my god, like. He knows we exist. What, what you know, like <laughs> the God has spoken Zach yeah. Efron to, you know, and they just went crazy. Um, so, you know, and then at when we were at that event, you know, every single student has their phone out and they're taking a photo of it and they're sharing it and they're Super sending cool. it. They're sending it to all their friends at all the other schools saying, look what my school has and your school doesn't. <laughs> and how cool am I? And, Back to know, the, the uh, March Madness. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's, it's so I, th- I think I think social. um and events, you know, are, are even more closely linked and more important because, you know, an experiential, it can often get costly to build out really cool stuff. And so, you know, a lot of brands, it's not enough to just reach the the 15 or 20,000 people that are there, you know, to really see ROI. They need, they need you know, you need to amplify that story and have that experience just be a, a stage or a, a way to create content that can, you know, that can scale yeah. beyond the event it's itself. It's probably like a big challenge too. It's like, how do you innovate yourself in that social media realm you know yeah. because it's always like okay what can we do that hasn't been done what's next well then yeah. you can only do so much right like right, you know because what you, you focus on your core business you're yeah. also pivoting in certain areas yeah. um and then also you know i think about this kind of being like your main job since college <laughs> right yeah you know having not having really and i think most of us kind of discover our entrepreneurial voice our creative voice through exploring other things that kind of don't work yeah you've been able to explore this thing that has worked you know? uh i wouldn't go that far <laughs> I mean, no, the process, you, you made it onto the show. Yeah. No, but um, no, I, I, I'm curious as to what have you discovered about yourself? Yeah. Like, what's your one sort of superpower, the thing that people go to Jack for and go like, ah, he's the guy I need to talk to about X. Yeah. Well, to all the uh, potential brand partners out there, I would say it's my, <laughs> I would say it's my creativity and my efficiency in the college marketing space. But um, no, I think from the entrepreneurial standpoint, you know, one thing that we've seen over the years you know, as we've gone through great times and gone through bad times as any entrepreneur does and, and ridden that roller coaster, it's, uh, the first couple of times you're like, Oh shit. Like this is, this is bad. Like this is, this right. is like this, this might be the end. Like we, we did a show with, with an artist, we had sold 12,000 tickets and, uh, we had taken out rain insurance and it was like lightly misting that day. So it was also like 60 mile an hour per winds. Uh, so we ended up having to cancel the show and the claim got denied. It is, it's, it's a whole other story for a different time. Um, but you know, some dark days for sure. And I think what we've learned now is, is 
there's just always ups and downs and, and ebbs and flows and you just got to keep, you know, you got to take the good with the bad and, and keep, keep charging up the hill and you and, take the good you yeah. take the bad you take them both and there you have the facts of nobody 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 <laughs> want to join in on that one just uh, just let me hang it the, thank you um so it was a long-winded answer but but the superpower would be uh i i would say you know the ability to now not not probably two or three years ago but now being able to see you know from a from a higher level and understand right. that stuff goes ups and downs and and you know uh, in the middle, you know, as long as it's, it continues to go up, that that's the important. So it's, it's like it's, it's resiliency, right? And it's a, it, yeah. I think resiliency is a strength that gets stronger over time, like as yeah. you as it gets challenged. Yeah. Um, as we wind down, um, um, as you've seen all these companies, all these artists, all these college campuses work with a ton of brands, mm-hmm. kind of just got to see the world from the Jack Shannon perspective. Uh, what is your current innovation crush? What's one thing you see out there? You're like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Ah, uh, that's a. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I think that I'm excited for, you know, the, the whole like Pokemon Go craze. Not because I think, and not that no. I hope. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> he wasn't finished. Let, let me explain. I, I think let he's going to fix it. Oh, let me explain. Go ahead. <laughs> only, Jack, o- only from the only from the standpoint of, uh, you know, what augmented reality and, and getting people out and like engaging transmedia storytelling. You know, to to you know the the guy you had on way back in the day uh, on the show. Oh, yes. Jeff um, Gomez. I, I think I, I always like those types of programs that have, that are multifaceted that like send people out into the real world. And so I think that I hope, you know, I don't think that there probably will be a bunch of clones of what it is, but I think it's, I think it's awoken a lot of people that like, oh, there's like interesting things we can do here. So whether it's, you know, Magic Leap or, or, you know, some of those other people in that space, I think, I think, uh, I think there's obviously a, a a whole bunch of opportunity down down that road. I say there should be Pac-Man Go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sign me Walk up. Walk down the street, find pa- uh, pellets, ghosts around the corner, run into traffic. Um, that sounds like the the workout program, <laughs> basically just unlocked there. You beat the game, and you're just you just never stop walking. There you go. You get you get fruit along the way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, what's your innovation crush, Billy? Definitely not Pokemon Go. Definitely not. Leave Jack alone. Mine was, my my question is not Pokemon Go. I want to clarify that. Um, I think VR, just virtual reality, huh. is just so intriguing to me. It scares me, and it also intrigues me. It is scary. Like it, it's to scary. just completely blind yourself from the real world yeah, and go well, into a virtual yeah. world. Yeah, and I, you know, I always think of the worst. So um, the mom in me, like my mom. Not the mom, because I'm not a mom yet, but, like, my mom is always worrying about things, and I think that's... Like, just imagine being, like, super mega high, like, on VR. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, that is, it no. can be very scary. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, that you just brought VR to, a, like, a whole other... I don't think anyone's ever... No, I mean, it's great. I, like, no about, one's ever like, thought about that. Like, people that are, like, hooked on, like, really bad drugs, and they're... Like the, zo- the like the zombie guy. There's it was a movie like in the '90s, and it was kind of I, I want it was it wasn't scanners, but it was a movie <laughs> like that where they were doing like VR experiences and they were taking pills and going into like brothels and stuff like this. And it was it's like a super old movie. I'm gonna dig it up, uh, but maybe the the audience can Google it for me. Um, it'll show up in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> Last well, but now, now I'm excited. I hope I hope that's on hope it's on Netflix. I want to check it, that one out. It should be. A, it's somewhere. <laughs> All these choices we have of finding entertainment. You, you'll, it, you'll it's somewhere to... out there. Um, last but not least, 
You've listened to the show before, obviously. Yeah. You, you dug in the crates. I, Jeff Gomez. That I'm, was like that was I, like day day three. I went way back. <laughs> <laughs> um uh innovation to me is opportunity, I guess. Um innovation to me is is opportunity, I think. And uh getting to talk about all this all this cool fun stuff that that's cutting edge and and what's gonna be out there and and, and uh the future. All right. Um, I like it. Cool. And, it's, and it's very, I, I think that's a, I don't know, I think it's a, a great way of framing it, right? It is this idea of opportunity to explore the unknown, the opportunity to like even become your best self. Like, and yeah. I think that and to discover your superpower, right? Absolutely. Like, it's pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, let's do a, let's, you got your, let's do a, a misfit challenge. Oh, I, yeah. I want to see how many steps you've done. <laughs> Versus how many steps I've done. Try it out. And whoever wins gets... Uh, I think you're going to beat me. No, you don't know. You know I, don't know how you, I don't know how you got here. That's true. I don't know how you got here. Hold on. Um, Peely, you don't have a wearable, huh? You I don't. Get, I'm sorry. So fashionable, but but uh, you don't you don't care about your health. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm at... Wait, what's I'm at zero for some reason. Oh, I got to sink. Oh, 2896 steps. 28? Yes. No, two thousand eight hundred ninety-six. Oh, I thought you said twenty. I thought you said twenty-eight thousand. Twenty-eight like, point. What'd you, what'd you do? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm at. Yeah, you got me beat. I'm only at seventeen hundred. Oh, I got, I'm gonna go walk around the block a couple times. <laughs> exactly. Go up and down the stairs. Yeah. Next time we'll just do a walking a walking show. There we go. I like that. I'm on board. Uh, thank you for just stopping by. Where can people find more recess is? That's um, it. That's right. it right there. At, at recess on uh, Instagram and Twitter and. Other fun things like they're that. They're getting more active on social media. People. We're, we're picking so it. Up, yeah, well, you have support. a social media influencer right here. I think you <laughs> so, should. And I the like music it. space. I like, like it. A Snapchat. There you got to get into the the Latam market as well. Uh, like you've got. Oh yeah. You're a you're a ball of fire that will uh, spread. That's uh, a horrible metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, thank you for listening and tuning in to another episode of Innovation Crush, and we will talk to you next time.